Section six of When God Laughs by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Section six. The Chinago. The coral waxes, the palm grows, but man departs. Tahitian proverb. Ah Cho did not understand French. He sat in the crowded courtroom, very weary and bored listening to the unceasing explosive french that now one official and now another uttered it was just so much gabble to ah cho and he marvelled at the stupidity of the frenchman who took so long to find out the murderer of chung ga and who did not find him at all the five hundred coolies on the plantation knew that ah san had done the killing and here was ah san not even arrested it was true that all the coolies had agreed secretly not to testify against one another but then it was so simple the frenchman should have been able to discover that ah san was the man they were very stupid these frenchmen ah cho had done nothing of which to be afraid he had had no hand in the killing it was true he had been present at it and schemmer the overseer on the plantation had rushed into the barracks immediately afterward and caught him there along with four or five others but what of that chung ga had been stabbed only twice it stood to reason that five or six men could not inflict two stab wounds at the most if a man had struck but once only two men could have done it so it was that ah cho reasoned when he along with his four companions had lied and blocked and obfuscated in their statements to the court concerning what had taken place they had heard the sounds of the killing and like schemmer they had run to the spot they had got there before schemmer that was all true schemmer had testified that attracted by the sound of quarrelling as he chanced to pass by he had stood for at least five minutes outside that then when he entered he found the prisoners already inside and that they had not entered just before because he had been standing by the one door to the barracks but what of that ah cho and his four fellow prisoners had testified that schemmer was mistaken in the end they would be let go they were all confident of that five men could not have their heads cut off for two stab wounds besides no foreign devil had seen the killing but these frenchmen were so stupid in china as ah cho well knew the magistrate would order all of them to the torture and learn the truth the truth was very easy to learn under torture but these frenchmen did not torture bigger fools they therefore they would never find out who killed chung ga but ah cho did not understand everything the english company that owned the plantation had imported into tahiti at great expense the five hundred coolies the stockholders were clamoring for dividends and the company had not yet paid any wherefore the company did not want its costly contract laborers to start the practice of killing one another also there were the french eager and willing to impose upon the chinagos the virtues and excellences of french law there was nothing like setting an example once in a while and besides of what use was new caledonia except to send men to live out their days in misery and pain in payment of the penalty for being frail and human ah cho did not understand all this he sat in the courtroom and waited for the baffled judgment that would set him and his comrades free to go back to the plantation and work out the terms of their contracts 
this judgment would soon be rendered proceedings were drawing to a close he could see that there was no more testifying no more gabble of tongues the french devils were tired too and evidently waiting for the judgment and as he waited he remembered back in his life to the time when he had signed the contract and set sail in the ship for tahiti times had been hard in his seacoast village and when he indentured himself to labor for five years in the south seas at fifty cents mexican a day he had thought himself fortunate there were men in his village who toiled a whole year for ten dollars mexican and there were women who made nets all the year round for five dollars while in the houses of shopkeepers there were maid-servants who received four dollars for a year of service and here he was to receive fifty cents a day for one day only one day he was to receive that princely sum what if the work were hard at the end of the five years he would return home that was in the contract and he would never have to work again he would be a rich man for life with a house of his own a wife and children growing up to venerate him yes and back of the house he would have a small garden a place of meditation and repose with goldfish in a tiny lakelet and wind bells tinkling in the several trees and there would be a high wall all around so that his meditation and repose should be undisturbed well he had worked out three of those five years he was already a wealthy man in his own country through his earnings and only two years more intervened between the cotton plantation on tahiti and the meditation and repose that awaited him but just now he was losing money because of the unfortunate accident of being present at the killing of chung ga he had lain three weeks in prison and for each day of those three weeks he had lost fifty cents but now judgment would soon be given and he would go back to work ah cho was twenty-two years old he was happy and good-natured and it was easy for him to smile while his body was slim in the asiatic way his face was rotund it was round like the moon and it irradiated a gentle complacence and a sweet kindliness of spirit that was unusual among his countrymen nor did his looks belie him he never caused trouble never took part in wrangling he did not gamble his soul was not harsh enough for the soul that must belong to a gambler he was content with little things and simple pleasures the hush and quiet in the cool of the day after the blazing toil in the cotton field was to him an infinite satisfaction he could sit for hours gazing at a solitary flower and philosophizing about the mysteries and riddles of being a blue heron on a tiny crescent of sandy beach a silvery splatter of flying fish or a sunset of pearl and rose across the lagoon could entrance him to all forgetfulness of the procession of wearisome days and of the heavy lash of schemmer schemmer carl schemmer was a brute a brutish brute but he earned his salary he got the last particle of strength out of the five hundred slaves for slaves they were until their term of years was up schemmer worked hard to extract the strength from those five hundred sweating bodies and to transmute it into bales of fluffy cotton ready for export his dominant iron-clad primeval brutishness was what enabled him to effect the transmutation also he was assisted by a thick leather belt three inches wide and a yard in length with which he always rode and which on occasion could come down on the naked back of a stooping coolie with a report like a pistol-shot 
these reports were frequent when schemmer rode down the furrowed field once at the beginning of the first year of contract labor he had killed a coolie with a single blow of his fist he had not exactly crushed the man's head like an eggshell but the blow had been sufficient to addle what was inside and after being sick for a week the man had died but the chinese had not complained to the french devils that ruled over tahiti it was their own lookout schemmer was their problem they must avoid his wrath as they avoided the venom of the centipedes that lurked in the grass or crept into the sleeping quarters on rainy nights the chinagos such they were called by the indolent brown-skinned island folk saw to it that they did not displease schemmer too greatly this was equivalent to rendering up to him a full measure of efficient toil that blow of schemmer's fist had been worth thousands of dollars to the company and no trouble ever came of it to schemmer the french with no instinct for colonization futile in their childish play-game of developing the resources of the island were only too glad to see the english company succeed what matter of schemmer and his redoubtable fist the chinago that died well he was only a chinago besides he died of sunstroke as the doctor's certificate attested true in all the history of tahiti no one had ever died of sunstroke but it was that precisely that which made the death of this chinago unique the doctor said as much in his report he was very candid dividends must be paid or else one more failure would be added to the long history of failure in tahiti there was no understanding these white devils ah cho pondered their inscrutableness as he sat in the courtroom waiting the judgment there was no telling what went on at the back of their minds he had seen a few of the white devils they were all alike the officers and sailors on the ship the french officials the several white men on the plantation including schemmer their minds all moved in mysterious ways there was no getting at they grew angry without apparent cause and their anger was always dangerous they were like wild beasts at such times they worried about little things and on occasion could out-toil even a chinago they were not temperate as chinagos were temperate they were gluttons eating prodigiously and drinking more prodigiously a chinago never knew when an act would please them or arouse a storm of wrath a chinago could never tell what pleased one time the very next time might provoke an outburst of anger there was a curtain behind the eyes of the white devils that screened the backs of their minds from the chinago's gaze and then on top of it all was that terrible efficiency of the white devils that ability to do things to make things go to work results to bend to their wills all creeping crawling things and the powers of the very elements themselves yes the white men were strange and wonderful and they were devils look at schemmer ah cho wondered why the judgment was so long in forming not a man on trial had laid hand on chung ga ah san alone had killed him ah san had done it bending chung ga's head back with one hand by a grip of his queue and with the other hand from behind reaching over and driving the knife into his body twice had he driven it in there in the court-room with closed eyes ah cho saw the killing acted over again the squabble the vile words bandied back and forth the filth and insult flung upon venerable ancestors the curses laid upon unbegotten generations the leap of ah san the grip on the queue of chung ga the knife that sank twice into his flesh 
the bursting open of the door the eruption of shemmer the dash for the door the escape of ah san the flying belt of shemmer that drove the rest into the corner and the firing of the revolver as a signal that brought help to shemmer ah cho shivered as he lived it over one blow of the belt had bruised his cheek taking off some of the skin shemmer had pointed to the bruises when on the witness stand he had identified ah cho it was only just now that the marks had become no longer visible that had been a blow half an inch nearer the centre and it would have taken out his eye then ah cho forgot the whole happening in a vision he caught of the garden of meditation and repose that would be his when he returned to his own land he sat with impassive face while the magistrate rendered the judgment likewise were the faces of his four companions impassive and they remained impassive when the interpreter explained that the five of them had been found guilty of the murder of chung ga and that ah chow should have his head cut off ah cho served twenty years in prison in new caledonia wong li twelve years and ah tong ten years there was no use in getting excited about it even ah chow remained expressionless as a mummy though it was his head that was to be cut off the magistrate added a few words and the interpreter explained that ah chow's face having been most severely bruised by shemmer's strap had made his identification so positive that since one man must die he might as well be that man also the fact that ah cho's face likewise had been severely bruised conclusively proving his presence at the murder and his undoubted participation had merited him the twenty years of penal servitude and down to the ten years of ah tong the proportioned reason for each sentence was explained let the chinagos take the lesson to heart the court said finally for they must learn that the law would be fulfilled in tahiti though the heavens fell the five chinagos were taken back to jail they were not shocked nor grieved the sentences being unexpected was quite what they were accustomed to in their dealings with the white devils from them a chinago rarely expected more than the unexpected the heavy punishment for a crime they had not committed was no stranger than the countless strange things that white devils did in the weeks that followed ah cho often contemplated ah chow with mild curiosity his head was to be cut off by the guillotine that was being erected on the plantation for him there would be no declining years no gardens of tranquillity ah cho philosophized and speculated about life and death as for himself he was not perturbed twenty years were merely twenty years by that much was his garden removed from him that was all he was young and the patience of asia was in his bones he could wait those twenty years and by that time the heats of his blood would be assuaged and he would be better fitted for that garden of calm delight he thought of a name for it he would call it the garden of the morning calm he was made happy all day by the thought and he was inspired to devise a moral maxim on the virtue of patience which maxim proved a great comfort especially to wong li and ah tong ah chow however did not care for the maxim his head was to be separated from his body in so short a time that he had no need for patience to wait for that event he smoked well ate well slept well and did not worry about the slow passage of time Cruchot was a gendarme. He had seen twenty years of service in the colonies, from Nigeria and Senegal to the South Seas, and those twenty years had not perceptibly brightened his dull mind. 
he was as slow-witted and stupid as his peasant days in the south of france he knew discipline and fear of authority and from god down to the sergeant of gendarmes the only difference to him was the measure of slavish obedience which he rendered in point of fact the sergeant bulked bigger in his mind than god except on sundays when god's mouthpieces had their say god was usually very remote while the sergeant was ordinarily very close at hand cruchot it was who received the order from the chief justice to the jailer commanding that functionary to deliver over to cruchot the person of ah chow now it happened that the chief justice had given a dinner the night before to the captain and officers of the french man-of-war his hand was shaking when he wrote out the order and his eyes were aching so dreadfully that he did not read over the order it was only a chinago's life he was signing away anyway so he did not notice that he had omitted the final letter in ah chow's name the order read ah cho and when cruchot presented the order the jailer turned over to him the person of ah cho cruchot took that person beside him on the seat of a wagon behind two mules and drove away ah cho was glad to be out in the sunshine he sat beside the gendarme and beamed he beamed more ardently than ever when he noted the mules headed south towards Atimaono. Undoubtedly, Shemmer had sent for him to be brought back. Shemmer wanted him to work. Very well, he would work well. Shemmer would never have cause to complain. It was a hot day. There had been a stoppage of the trades. The mules sweated, Cruchot sweated, and Ah Cho sweated. But it was Ah Cho that bore the heat with the least concern he had toiled three years under that sun on the plantation he beamed and beamed with such genial good nature that even cruchot's heavy mind was stirred to wonderment you are very funny he said at last ah cho nodded and beamed more ardently unlike the magistrate cruchot spoke to him in the kanaka tongue and this like all chinagos and all foreign devils ah cho understood you laugh too much cruchot chided one's heart should be full of tears on a day like this i am glad to get out of the jail is that all the gendarme shrugged his shoulders is it not enough was the retort then you are not glad to have your head cut off ah cho looked at him in abrupt perplexity and said why i am going back to atimaono to work on the plantation for shemmer are you not taking me to atimaono cruchot stroked his long moustaches reflectively well well he said finally with a flick of the whip at the off mule so you don't know know what ah cho was beginning to feel a vague alarm won't shemmer let me work for him any more not after to-day cruchot laughed heartily it was a good joke you see you won't be able to work after to-day a man with his head off can't work eh he poked the chinago in the ribs and chuckled ah cho maintained silence while the mules trotted a hot mile then he spoke is shemmer going to cut off my head cruchot grinned as he nodded it is a mistake said ah cho gravely i am not the chinago that is to have his head cut off i am ah cho the honourable judge has determined that i am to stop twenty years in new caledonia the gendarme laughed it was a good joke this funny chinago trying to cheat the guillotine the mules trotted through a coconut grove and for half a mile beside the sparkling sea before ah cho spoke again i tell you i am not ah chow 
the honourable judge did not say that my head was to go off don't be afraid said cruchot with the philanthropic intention of making it easier for his prisoner it is not difficult to die that way he snapped his fingers it is quick like that it is not like hanging on the end of a rope and kicking and making faces for five minutes it is like killing a chicken with a hatchet you cut its head off that is all and it is the same with a man poof it is over it doesn't hurt you don't even think it hurts you don't think your head is gone so you cannot think it is very good that is the way i want to die quick ah quick you are lucky to die that way you might get the leprosy and fall to pieces slowly a finger at a time and now and again a thumb also the toes i knew a man who was burned by hot water it took him two days to die you could hear him yelling a kilometre away but you ah so easy the knife cuts your neck like that it is finished the knife may even tickle who can say nobody who died that way ever came back to say he considered his last excruciating joke and permitted himself to be convulsed with laughter for half a minute part of his mirth was assumed but he considered it his humane duty to cheer up the chinago but i tell you i am Cho, the other persisted i don't want my head cut off cruchot scowled the chinago was carrying the foolishness too far i am not a chow Cho began that will do the gendarme interrupted he puffed up his cheeks and strove to appear fierce i tell you i am not Cho began again shut up bawled cruchot after that they rode along in silence it was twenty miles from papit to atimaono and over half the distance was covered by the time the chinago again ventured into speech i saw you in the court-room when the honourable judge sought after our guilt he began very good and do you remember that ah chow whose head is to be cut off do you remember that he ah chow was a tall man look at me he stood up suddenly and cruchot saw that he was a short man and just as suddenly cruchot caught a glimpse of a memory picture of ah chow and in that picture ah chow was tall to the gendarme all chinagos looked alike one face was like another but between tallness and shortness he could differentiate and he knew that he had the wrong man beside him on the seat he pulled up the mules abruptly so that the pole shot ahead of them elevating their collars you see it was a mistake said ah cho smiling pleasantly but cruchot was thinking already he regretted that he had stopped the wagon he was unaware of the error of the chief justice and he had no way of working it out but he did know that he had been given this chinago to take to atimaono and that it was his duty to take him to atimaono what if he was the wrong man and they cut his head off it was only a chinago when all was said and what was a chinago anyway besides it might not be a mistake he did not know what went on in the minds of his superiors they knew their business best who was he to do their thinking for them once in the long ago he had attempted to think for them and the sergeant had said cruchot you are a fool the quicker you know that the better you will get on you are not to think you are to obey and leave the thinking to your betters he smarted under the recollection also if he turned back to papit he would delay the execution at atamaono and if he were wrong in turning back he would get a reprimand from the sergeant who was waiting for the prisoner and furthermore he would get a reprimand at papit as well he touched the mules with the whip and drove on 
he looked at his watch he would be half an hour late as it was and the sergeant was bound to be angry he put the mules into a faster trot the more ah cho persisted in explaining the mistake the more stubborn cruchot became the knowledge that he had the wrong man did not make his temper better the knowledge that it was through no mistake of his confirmed him in the belief that the wrong he was doing was the right and rather than incur the displeasure of the sergeant he would willingly have assisted a dozen wrong chinagos to their doom as for ah cho after the gendarme had struck him over the head with the butt of the whip and commanded him in a loud voice to shut up there remained nothing for him to do but shut up the long ride continued in silence ah cho pondered the strange ways of the foreign devils there was no explaining them what they were doing with him was of a piece with everything they did first they found guilty five innocent men and next they cut off the head of the man that even they in their benighted ignorance had deemed meritorious of no more than twenty years imprisonment and there was nothing he could do he could only sit idly and take what these lords of life measured out to him once he got in a panic and the sweat upon his body turned cold but he fought his way out of it he endeavored to resign himself to his fate by remembering and repeating certain passages from the yin chi wen the tract of the quiet way but instead he kept seeing his dream garden of meditation and repose this bothered him until he abandoned himself to the dream and sat in his garden listening to the tinkling of the wind bells in the several trees and lo sitting thus in the dream he was able to remember and repeat the passages from the tract of the quiet way so the time passed nicely until atamano'o was reached and the mules trotted up to the foot of the scaffold in the shade of which stood the impatient sergeant ah cho was hurried up the ladder of the scaffold beneath him on one side he saw assembled all the coolies of the plantation Shemmer had decided that the event would be a good object lesson so he called in the coolies from the fields and compelled them to be present as they caught sight of ah cho they gabbled among themselves in low voices they saw the mistake but they kept it to themselves the inexplicable white devils had doubtlessly changed their minds instead of taking the life of one innocent man they were taking the life of another innocent man ah chow or ah cho what did it matter which they could never understand the white dogs any more than could the white dogs understand them ah cho was going to have his head cut off but they when their two remaining years of servitude were up were going back to china Shemmer had made the guillotine himself he was a handy man and though he had never seen a guillotine the french officials had explained the principle to him it was on his suggestion that they had ordered the execution to take place at atamano'o instead of at papit the scene of the crime Shemmer had argued was the best possible place for the punishment and in addition it would have a salutary influence upon the half thousand chinagos on the plantation Shemmer had also volunteered to act as executioner and in that capacity he was now on the scaffold experimenting with the instrument he had made a banana tree of the size and consistency of a man's neck lay under the guillotine ah cho watched with fascinated eyes the german turning a small crank hoisted the blade to the top of the little derrick he had rigged a jerk on a stout piece of cord loosed the blade and it dropped with a flash neatly severing the banana trunk how does it work the sergeant coming out on top of the scaffold had asked the question 
beautifully was schemmer's exultant answer let me show you again he turned the crank that hoisted the blade jerked the cord and sent the blade crashing down on the soft tree but this time it went no more than two-thirds of the way through the sergeant scowled that will not serve he said schemmer wiped the sweat from his forehead what it needs is more weight he announced walking up to the edge of the scaffold he called his orders to the blacksmith for a twenty-five pound piece of iron as he stooped over to attach the iron to the broad top of the blade ah cho glanced at the sergeant and saw his opportunity the honourable judge said that ah chow was to have his head cut off he began the sergeant nodded impatiently he was thinking of the fifteen-mile ride before him that afternoon to the windward side of the island and of bertha the pretty half-caste daughter of lafiere the pearl trader who was waiting for him at the end of it well i am not ah chow i am ah cho the honourable jailer has made a mistake ah chow is a tall man and you see i am short the sergeant looked at him hastily and saw the mistake Shimmer he called imperatively come here the german grunted but remained bent over his task till the chunk of iron was lashed to his satisfaction is your chinago ready he demanded look at him was the answer is he the chinago schemmer was surprised he swore tersely for a few seconds and looked regretfully across at the thing he had made with his own hands and which he was eager to see work look here he said finally we can't postpone this affair i've lost three hours work already out of those five hundred chinagos i can't afford to lose it all over again for the right man let's put the performance through just the same it is only a chinago the sergeant remembered the long ride before him and the pearl trader's daughter and debated with himself they will blame it on cruchot if it is discovered the german urged but there's little chance of its being discovered ah chow won't give it away at any rate the blame won't lie with cruchot anyway the sergeant said it must have been the jailer's mistake then let's go on with it they can't blame us who can tell one chinago from another we can say that we merely carried out instructions with the chinago that was turned over to us besides i really can't take all those coolies a second time away from their labour they spoke in french and ah cho who did not understand a word of it nevertheless knew that they were determining his destiny he knew also that the decision rested with the sergeant and he hung upon that official's lips all right announced the sergeant go ahead with it he is only a chinago i am going to try it once more just to make sure schemmer moved the banana trunk forward under the knife which he had hoisted to the top of the derrick ah cho tried to remember the maxims from the tract of the quiet way live in concord came to him but it was not applicable he was not going to live he was about to die no that would not do forgive malice yes but there was no malice to forgive schemmer and the rest were doing this thing without malice it was to them merely a piece of work that had to be done just as clearing the jungle ditching the water and planting cotton were pieces of work that had to be done schemmer jerked the cord and ah cho forgot the tract of the quiet way the knife shot down with a thud making a clean slice of the tree beautiful exclaimed the sergeant pausing in the act of lighting a cigarette beautiful my friend schemmer was pleased at the praise come on ah chow he said in the tahitian tongue but i am not ah chow ah cho began shut up was the answer if you open your mouth again i'll break your head 
the overseer threatened him with a clenched fist and he remained silent what was the good of protesting these foreign devils always had their way he allowed himself to be lashed to the vertical board that was the size of his body schemmer drew the buckles tight so tight that the straps cut into his flesh and hurt but he did not complain the hurt would not last long he felt the board tilting over in the air toward the horizontal and closed his eyes and in that moment he caught a last glimpse of his garden of meditation and repose it seemed to him that he sat in the garden a cool wind was blowing and the bells in the several trees were tinkling softly also birds were making sleepy noises and from beyond the high wall came the subdued sound of village life then he was aware that the board had come to rest and from muscular pressures and tensions he knew that he was lying on his back he opened his eyes straight above him he saw the suspended knife blazing in the sunshine he saw the weight which had been added and noted that one of schemmer's knots had slipped then he heard the sergeant's voice in sharp command ah cho closed his eyes hastily he did not want to see that knife descend but he felt it for one great fleeting instant and in that instant he remembered cruchot and what cruchot had said but cruchot was wrong the knife did not tickle that much he knew before he ceased to know end of section six read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com